You're listening to Travel Tales with Virgil. You know, it's funny, I just opened up my uh, Instagram there a minute ago and you, I don't know how you do it, but you popped up first. Uh, you always do. It seems to always be permanently first up on my uh, Instagram <laughs> feed and you're always like kissing beside a palm tree or, or on a beach. <laughs> <laughs> so look at this. The magic of the algorithm, that's what it is. Yeah. I have a really interesting podcast this week. I have the two Bohemians who are a traveling influencer couple go all over the world and currently they are in Tulum in Mexico. They give a fascinating insight into life as an influencer. What do they do? How do they do it? They talk to me about life traveling in the last year during COVID. Obviously it gets to a point where you know you you feel like you've had enough and that was us at that point. Yeah. And we managed and to yeah we um ultimately we are people that like thrive from being in different cultures different countries learning exploring ultimately this is how we find our natural happiness everyone needs to get by basically and people have different ways of doing so and i I read some really a really interesting quote it says we're not all in the same boat we're all in the same storm but the boats are different. Some people are swimming, some people have paddle boats, some people have yachts, like everyone's at different points. So we can't really compare what we're doing to another person and vice versa. So guys are very welcome to the podcast. Great to see Luke and Tyler. Your your handle is the two Bohemians, isn't that right? On Instagram and everything. Yeah. Right, we are very happy to be here right now. How long have you been doing it for? Oh, um, <laughs> traveling. Um, well, as the two Bohemians. Bohemians kind of like solidified itself as a brand only a year and a half ago, at least, when we decided we wanted to take it seriously. Uh, but prior to that, we've been traveling since like 2015. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, from all the experiences, all the things we learned, we decided to put it into what we are now, which is the two Bohemians. And it encompasses not just travel but um our lifestyle and how we you know stay fit and healthy and mentally sane um in this world (laughs) what i love about instagram because i love photography and i love that being able to put it up and it's there forever hopefully yes Yes, um Yeah. yeah we we love sharing our images and our travels along the way um if you look on our static grid obviously that's the photos of the two of us but if you stay up to date with us on the stories or if you read our blog, we share way more travel re- related photos, you know, because we share a couple of guides and just general day to day stuff. And I have a strong passion for photography. So yeah. I'm always snapping away. And Tyler can get quite <laughs> frustrated sometimes because every two weeks I'm like, hang on, stop. Oh, I just want to take photos. Hang on, no, this, this. He loves taking pictures of like houses or like just random yeah. things, which is so beautiful. But like when it's like 6 a.m. and we've just finished an hour <laughs> shoot and he's like, wait, I just need to get a photo of this dog. And I'm like, oh my God, come on now. <laughs> yeah. You can imagine, I, I can relate to that. And you can imagine what it's like. So I've got four kids and I, I'm doing that with my kids. So, you know, it's like sunset and I'm like every sunset on holidays. I'm always that's I love the light is so important for me. So it's always at sunset and I'm like, come on, kids, can you just let me take a few photos? (laughs) They'll be grateful for it a few years time when they're looking back and they've got all these photos. Exactly. And that's what I keep telling them. 
have you been traveling since 2015 or was it on and off? Um, it was on and off really, yeah. wasn't it? Like we no, did well. a, well, we did a big <laughs> stint in Australia for like three almost years. Two years. No, Australia was like almost two years. <laughs> Yeah. And then after that, we was back uh, in UK. We lived in Manchester in the city centre and we were doing on and off travelling then. So we went to places like Norway. We did like a, a week long hiking holiday. We went to Morocco uh, to see Marrakesh, you know, the old Medinas. Yeah. Um, Norway? Yeah, I just said Norway. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler went to India as well. She became yoga certified and I also wow. went with to Mongolia where I did a bikepacking expedition for a month so but we didn't take travel too seriously at that point it was more just like an ongoing where is the cheapest flight or like where is there something we mm. can do in that country mm. we never thought of it of a place of let's go and explore it was more like uh we were pinching pennies at that point so yeah, it was a yeah. point so of we, like we wanted to have these adventures <laughs> but we were also like money savvy at the same time because yeah. obviously working casual jobs and trying to fund like the ongoing trips, yeah. um, it's kind of, it's, it's a good addiction, I would say. Um, yeah. But like we were trying to balance, like Tyler said, budget with adventure. That's why, you know, we went to Norway and did hiking. We just slept in a tent for seven days. Yeah, that was Luke's birthday present, actually. I was <laughs> like, we are going to Norway. And the only thing I did was rent a car. And I was like, but you've got to bring a sleeping bag because we're <laughs> going to be camping every night. <laughs> um, and then we balanced it with also, you know, going to Morocco. And we went with friends. So we stayed in like the old Riyads with the pool in the center and stuff. So it was, um, it was a period in our lives where uh, enthusiasm and love for travel was just going up and up and up. Yeah. Um, and then that's when we came to the idea of the two bohemians <clears throat> and then we was like okay 2018 comes around like we we want to continue doing this but how can we make it sustainable uh, you know the casual jobs they don't inspire us we get quite blue and down when we're home and working you know stacking shelves or in a coffee shop when our love is out there somewhere yeah, and I think the two Bohemians kind of stemmed from when Luke got his first camera after we were living in Manchester in 2018 and we got to the point where we were like, let's just start taking photos of things we actually like taking photos of. And then I said to Luke, I turned around in like March and I was like, Luke, I, I want to go traveling again for six months and I want to go to Southeast Asia and I want to see it all. Um, let's just start saving up now um, to do it. And that basically in December, 2018, that's when the two Bohemians officially became yeah. the brand that it is. That's when we decided, okay, we're going to take this seriously. So now you're in beautiful Tulum. Is that how you pronounce it? Tulum. Yes, to yes. Tulum. I think there's or like Tulum. a little um at the end of it. Yeah, Tulum. And we've been here for around a month now. And what's it like there? Is it amazing? Oh, it's beautiful. The it's supposed to be winter here, but the the average temperature is 28 degrees. So. <laughs> Going on 30, so it's definitely not winter for us. But um, no, it's beautiful. It's super quiet still, but there is there is a lot of people here, and I think uh, a lot of people are choosing to work from like uh wherever they are in Tulum if that makes sense mm. there's a lot of like work from abroad situations here so it's really nice to meet more like finding people like yeah that. yeah lots of people work online um like I said yeah digital nomads isn't that what they call them so there's a lot of them is there yeah well, it's that but now so because of what's happened a lot of companies have taken their businesses online so and we've got a few neighbors in the complex here and they they all have traditional nine to fives, but now online instead of in the office. Wow. Yeah. 
But are there people yeah. that like work, say, have worked back in America or somewhere that actually are down there in Mexico? Yeah, yeah. I think everyone's trialing this new thing where they like they are now allowed to work online. So they're trying to relocate at the same time as long as they can fit their current schedule with their like their corporate job. So a lot of people are trying to do that now, which Mm. is really cool. Because it shows you can kind of work anywhere in the world, really, you know, it's digital. A good time going this time of year. Yeah, this is this is the high season, basically, you know, because it's colder in america it's colder in europe so everyone comes to have that you know tropical getaway and it's such a fast developing area now tulum wearing a brand new apartment building that was only developed a year ago there's you know places next door there's new hotel zones yeah it is definitely an up-and-coming place especially since it's only been like a very tourist destination for the last five years so i feel like it's definitely going to be similar to bali in the next few years in terms mm-hmm. of how popular it's going to get there was a lot of very cool djs were playing there this time yeah. last year is that, is that happening at the moment um it's hit and miss um because obviously people because tulum it is it's just a tourism town so yeah. If there was no tourism, Tulum would just crumble. So everything is pretty much open. Yeah. Was- I, oh, sorry. I was going to say there's not much partying going on, but there are lots of bars and restaurants that are still open. I don't think there's anything closed, to be honest. I think everything's pretty much open. I just think they are just being careful about the kind of parties and DJs and things like that mm. happening. And I noticed that, um, you know, in your videos that you do, that not many people are wearing masks then. Is, is there... Is, is COVID not talked about there? Or what's- Walking around, you're fine. It's just if you're getting in taxis, if you're going into shops, um, say if you just turned up at a restaurant, then it's inclined to wear one. But um, on the beach, you're fine. Walking around town. Yeah, I think because obviously everyone keeps, it's such a big area. Like there's so much space. And I feel it's so like. open as well. Yeah, you do, like no one's really wearing masks, mm. not even locals. So it's one of those things that you can choose to wear one if you want when you're outside. But it's more just like walking into cafes like Luke said and things like that. And were you a little bit nervous or not at all then when you were going there? I think the most nervous thing was leaving the UK. Yeah. <laughs> When did we live? So we left a month ago and when we booked our flights, it was, we are still working out here. So we are doing work, um, but it was quite terrifying making our way to the airport because of obviously this huge stigma saying it's illegal to travel and you shouldn't be going mm. unless it's for work. And even though we had work, we were still nervous about leaving. Um, but I don't know. Like- it was weird because obviously we were traveling on work purposes, but there were people on our flight, groups of people that were clearly going on holidays yeah <laughs> so it was, it was just it was a weird limbo situation you've got obviously people saying one thing but people doing another thing so we're in the middle with, with all our paperwork our tests our agreements and and when we got we there sail, we sail through and we're just like the, air, uh, the people in the airport were just like cool can we have your bags like they, they were just so like chill it about normal. it it was normal because in ireland like people are booking going to the canaries they're booking like a dental appointment in the canaries oh. and then going, going on holidays that getting... <laughs> i think we, we do that. <laughs> and you, you know you said there like that you know you're nervous at the time also i know around that time there was an awful lot of press because you know your influencers and there was, a, you know, talking about influencers going to Dubai and posting from. So did you get any hassle or negative feedback? We did get a couple of comments saying uh, people were disappointed in us to travel and that we've been irresponsible. But 
the thing is like tourism is a big big industry in a lot of countries dubai is one of them tulum where we are is a town that thrives on tourism so if there wasn't people traveling in like safe you know what's the word proximities yeah then then everything would crumble so Um, we saw last year when we were moving around like during covid obviously and we noticed there were a lot of um problems happening and arising within the tourism industry and this is not just like hotels this is people's lives and jobs and money that rely on Mm -hmm. these kind of jobs and if people don't go and support them then i feel like it's not just covid that people need to worry about it's actually surviving so when when we got here we were a bit nervous but ultimately we knew we were doing the right thing and and we were supporting uh tulum whilst we were here because there's a lot of stigma around people going to dubai and just kind of trying to get free hotels and swan around but i think the misconception is that the work is it's very ambiguous because obviously not a lot of people understand what goes into being a digital nomad or the business or an influencer yeah so the picture is only one thing that they see but there's a whole story behind it as well i know and did you get any press contacting you or anything like that no he didn't no No press (laughs) no so uh, we kind of did it incognito so we were here (laughs) and like i've noticed that in ireland you know there is a little bit like say i've noticed in a few weeks in the last few weeks there's been articles about kind of maybe toxic atmosphere about anybody who talks about travel or travel shaming a little bit and have you noticed that or is it just doesn't exist for a year now oh it definitely exists especially on the social media it's something that we have definitely seen quite a lot but i feel like and i saw this post the other day where it said like we need to stop travel shaming people because everyone has a different reason to believe in and just because your opinion is valid in like your way other people see things in a different way so Mm -hmm. i feel like everyone should respect everyone's opinion especially for those of them who do feel like they want to leave the country for different kind of reasons yeah we have got like a lift of spirits you could say i mean it was very nice to be home over christmas yeah and it was a time that we needed to be there to refocus what we're doing and set our intentions for the next year but it just obviously gets to a point where in you know you you feel like you've had enough and that was us at that point yeah and we managed and- to yeah we um ultimately we are people that like thrive from being in different cultures different countries learning exploring ultimately this is how we find our natural happiness uh when we're going through life and being kind of like confined into one space for so long it's just one of those things that i completely understand why people book appointments in the canary islands now (laughs) because it's one of those things that it's just an it does bring so much happiness to you in so many different aspects and when we're happy our businesses thrive and that was something that we were struggling with in the UK is that because the environment and the energy around it was just so low and sad it was kind of taking its toll on us like you said and our work as well which is your job I mean you're you know you're influencers and your your job is traveling and and talking so you know what I mean so people have to remember that part Mm. true yeah Uh, everyone Everyone needs to get by basically and people have different yeah. ways of doing so. And I, I read some really, a really interesting quote. It says, we're not all in the same boat. We're all in the same storm, but the boats we have are different. Some people are swimming. Some people have paddle boats. Some people have yachts. Like everyone's exactly. at different points. So we can't really compare what we're doing to another person and vice versa. And the things I've noticed then from your posts is the food 
It looks cool. Yeah. Is me had you did you like Mexican food before you went? You're definitely you have seen a lot of I don't think we tasted proper Mexican food before <laughs> we came, to be honest. <laughs> and is it gorgeous? It is. The flavors are Amazing. so tasteful. It's a good thing we have a gym on the complex because we would get very big, very, very fast. <laughs> uh, we, we went out with some tacos last night and it was... Yeah, we have delicious. a new ritual called Taco Tuesday, which we are now going to bring on for the rest of our life. Yeah. So. It's so nice to see like a culture which is derived around food as well. Like everyone's out talking, the street stalls, you know, oh, it's, it's, it's beautiful. talking about it is making me hungry. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the other thing then is the history, like the Mayan runes and the jungles, the Indiana, it's Indiana Jones ish, yeah. isn't it? Down to yeah. the sea. It looks amazing, is it? Stunning, absolutely stunning. One of my favorite parts of this area is the cenotes and the ruins because it's got quite a historical prominence mm -hmm. so the mayans chose this area and the cenotes for a particular reason because of the the effect of the water in the cenotes it's very special and to see that through their culture and how they like they set up shop and facing the temple certain ways and the architecture is just and yeah. What is the cenotes? Is that the river? Is that a river going through it or no? What's that? No, no, the, the oh. cenotes are like the sinkholes. You know, oh. when you see like a swimming pool basically in the middle okay. of in the wow. middle of the so don't quote me on this, but we heard from a friend of ours who works at a restaurant here in Tanich, um, in Tulum, sorry, the restaurant's called Tanich. And he was saying that basically the cenotes are an effect of what happened when the meteors uh, landed in Tulum. So it's almost like an energetic um, yeah. pool of water that is so different from any kind of other water in the world. So it is really magical. And when we went swimming in it, we were in it for like an hour and a yeah, half. It and feels good. Don't quote us on that though. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, those Mayans, I tell you, there's no, they, they didn't do anything by mistake, you know? Mm -hmm. And I've, I've heard so many people say there is a magical feel about the place. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... It's amazing. And yeah. the water as well, the ocean. When we first saw the ocean, it was literally like, when you see Instagram photos, but then edited, it was like... <laughs> edited version of an Instagram photo. Wow. It was insane. So vibrant. It was yeah. so beautiful. Yeah, I definitely want to go there. Are you um, going to stay there for a while or what's the plan? Uh, we, uh, we've we been here to film a big project, which is part of what we do for our online business. Yeah, so I think in, in Mexico in total, we're probably going to stay here for another month and a half um, and then potentially go to Costa Rica and live in Costa Rica for a few mm. months. So so taking everything long travel, I think, yeah, uh, this year. Yeah, very slow, because we didn't want to rush anything as opposed to last year. We want to slow down, really enjoy where we are, get settled, see as much as we can in that country before rushing off to the next place. Yeah. Exactly. I um, That friend I was talking to earlier on, she recommended Hullbox. I don't know if you've heard of it. Hullbox, yes, we've heard, yes, it's, uh, but we've not managed to get there yet. So I think once we've got this big work. Yeah, once the work's done, down. we will be exploring again. Exactly. And you know, that when I was traveling, it was the times that I really slowed down and did nothing for weeks was the most, the best memories I have. So mm. I do recommend that one. Yeah. Would you call yourself influencers? Um, we don't call ourselves influencers. <laughs> okay. but you, you know, do you flinch if somebody calls you an influencer or not? We kind of we kind of gotten used to it. Um, I can accept the term influencer because if if you look at the definition, like it is textbook what some people do, like influencing, of course. But 
obviously it comes with like a, a negative stigma like influencers they they just want free gifts they just want to stay in free hotels you know they're just concerned about the product and the teeth whitening and you know the fake eyelashes like that kind of stuff <laughs> but we have tried to influence from a positive perspective that's what we are doing yeah we we don't mind being called influencers as long as they understand that what we're trying to do is help more yeah. than anything and bring awareness to brands and companies and places that deserve the time and energy yeah. that we deserve so <laughs> yeah I don't mind it sometimes it's a bit weird when someone calls it us mm -hmm. because it's uh it's our love and job at the same time yeah. so but no it's fine it's fine like um, we're not no. I know. <laughs> it's, it's just interesting because, you know, people don't understand what it is or it's a term. It's so topical at the moment, but they don't really know what it is, I think. Yes, I mean, yes. as you say, you maybe call yourself discerning influencers because you obviously pick who you associate yourself with very carefully. Then is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we because because we love travel, we kind of have the responsibility that if we're going to share it, that we also need to promote health sustainability environmentalism you know eco-consciousness yeah how you can travel more consciously basically yeah. that was like um, our ethos yeah. because the rate the world is going of course it, it won't be here forever if we we don't change our you know simple minds well not our simple minds sorry our simple <laughs> things in our minds <laughs> yeah. um, like just being aware of buying a plastic bottle at a shop or where you are buying your groceries from or if you are supporting small businesses kind of thing and we're quite minimalism as well we're minimalistic so for us it's not about having to work with every single brand out there it's about mm. picking and choosing like you said the brands that we truly resonate with and that really stand with our yeah. ethos and our values yeah. so that's only the kind of brands that we promote yeah. really and ultimately we want to make as less of a impact on the planet as possible okay so i think a lot of people that listen to this podcast might be more my age group so i think they don't they mightn't actually understand what the whole thing is so can you explain it when you like i think i have a feeling when you're saying talking about working with brands there's people listening now they're that probably are going huh what yeah. <laughs> so, how does it work? Do they contact you or? It's a mix, really. So um, we have been contacted in the past directly. Uh, that's most of the time where we say no, because it is like the odd product collaboration. Like I said, it would be something that we, a product we don't use or it is something we don't want to promote to our followers because of X, Y, and Z. Okay. So essentially it could be the communication is formed. Either we speak to them or they speak to us. And from that, it is a case of using our online community to share the brand's message. So if the company has a new product, say they've got this new, you know, biodegradable sandwich wrapping kind of thing. And they're like, okay, we want to market this. Let's look at uh, influencers who are in that market. So they might contact uh, vegan food bloggers, um, environmentalist activist kind of thing and essentially because influencers content creators bloggers they have created kind of like a relationship with their online community mm -hmm. it's kind of like you're getting um like a recommendation through word of mouth instead of like an advertisement on a billboard kind mm -hmm. of thing but that's the kind of it's very targeted isn't it 
Yeah, so if somebody yeah. wants to target a market, it's a it's a great way of targeting directly, isn't it? People yeah. And social media marketing right now is probably the highest it's ever been. So for us, we we do get a lot of people and companies at the moment as well contacting us, which is really, really great because they're starting to understand the brands we want to work with, which is really good because it's kind of exclusive. Then we can create a really good relationship with that brand and that company and then deliver really honest and raw um, creations mm. and opinions on the products and the, the brands themselves, which is ultimately it benefits us and them at the same time. Yeah. So it's a bit of both. Sometimes we, we, if we really love a brand, we'll reach out to them personally. Um, and otherwise they'll come to us. Going to hotels, are they sponsor you staying there? How does that work? Essentially, yes, that is uh, how it works because the hotels, they want to fill their marketing with people enjoying their place kind of thing. The one thing that resonates most is a subject in an environment using, you know, the swimming pool, having a cocktail on a beach because immediately the consumer or the person who's looking at that photo can envision themselves in that environment. Uh, and that's what kind of tourism and travel are starting to do now. And that's why they've invested so much in uh, social media people, bloggers, content creators, influencers, etc. because of that and because some of us, some content creators create such strong media photography videos as well it resonates 10 times more than any advertising company could actually create so and with the hotels as well they they do do a lot for us actually to be fair like when we get hotel collaborations we tend to get like treated a bit like a, the royalty or people actually mm-hmm. paying to stay there which has actually been one of the most ex- exciting experiences Mm, for sure um and it's just really nice like luke said to promote a hotel and then get obviously everything paid for and sorted for but it makes us more grateful and work harder to create content that Mm. reflects that when i was one of my guests um that was on before christmas was holly rubenstein and i was looking up photos of the maldives to for my instagram you know and then i saw these articles saying one of the articles was sort of hotels in the Maldives giving out about influencers looking to stay in the Maldives. Do you ever find that then that if you're talking to that, you know, some hotels are cynical about it or are they OK about it? Or? Yeah, it's because like the market, well, not the market, the, the amount of influencers, content creators and bloggers, it's growing at a substantial rate. Uh, you go back two years ago and it'd be half the amount of people. Um, there are now who are doing this kind of work so of course I would be frustrated as a business owner if I had you know 10 requests a day people being like can we stay in exchange for this Um, and it it depends how that person is going about you know proposing their stay as well if you're going to say welcome to Maldives we want to stay we can do this it's you're not really going to be like yeah okay but us as people and the team we have we take our time to understand a the ethos of the hotel, b the values, and c their company culture. So we don't just fly out, you know, an, an average email it's, and expect an yeah, accommodation. We, we're trying to engage in conversation and how we can help them and relate something there, so there's a connection as opposed to just 
we want to take photos for you kind of thing. And one of the things that we actually like to do as well, we don't expect a hotel accommodation stay every time we go to a new place. Mm -hmm. Like for us, it's more like if we see somewhere that we think would like Luke said, uh, benefit from our work and from our collaboration, then we'd happy to do it. But it's always good for us to also find our own places to stay and like find our own adventure mm. in a way. I was on um, radio recently talking about Lisbon as my favourite city break. And oh. <laughs> so ye, ye have lots of, I, I was looking on jet, like lots of tram photos in Lisbon. And that was yeah. my recommendation. Take the tram 28 to get around the city. Yes, yes. And I was, it, it was like tram porn for me watching your, <laughs> your, your tram photos. Um, it is amazing city, isn't it? That was yeah. the last. Was that the last place you were in? So we were. Yes, we um, we just did a van life trip through Europe, and we've recently, back in December, come back, did a long seven day drive from Portugal through Spain, France, back in the UK in time for Christmas. But wow. Lisbon was just like so beautiful. It's actually definitely one of our best cities that we've been to. Um, not just because of the food, but like you said, the trams and everything. It just felt like you were in Disneyland when you were on the tram. You were just <laughs> going up and up and up and you was like how big is this city yeah, yeah. it's, it's a be beautiful city so vibrant so quaint and i love how you know they've got the mosaics on the side of the buildings and there's cobble roads everywhere and there's so many hip bars and for us because we're vegan so many food choices as well for me it feels like a south american city in europe you know yeah yes yeah and definitely kind of feel that there. Um, yeah, no, it has that vibe, I, I think. Anyway, I, I just love it. And not expensive either for Capital City. Oh, oh, no. Super affordable. And one of the things that I actually loved was that the orange trees in Lisbon, You're at, if the oranges are ripe, you're actually more than welcome to take the oranges mm. from the tree and yeah. eat them as well, which yeah. I thought was really cool. That is something that's definitely on my bucket list. You've just done like the going through Europe uh, in a camper van. Yes. Yes. What was that like? Was it amazing? Was it squishy? It was. It was definitely um, something that we, I'm really happy we did. Um, even though there was a lot of ups and downs in it and the van broke down at one mm. point and we didn't know if it'd make it. Um, but ultimately it was, it was so beautiful to yeah. drive through different countries and see different things from a, yeah. rather than an aeroplane perspective. Yes, yeah, it was, it's kind of surreal because obviously you think of traveling, you think of flying to a new destination, but to be in a van and to go through different countries and to see the change in the culture within like a day's drive is, is incredible. Like it just unfolds in front of you over a few hours. So we, when we drove from like France to Portugal, like everywhere we stopped, it was, everything changed. You know, you wouldn't experience that if you weren't driving and you weren't taking the time. Exactly. We avoided toll roads as well. So, you know, we're going down places we wouldn't even consider going down if, you know, we would stuck to the highways and stuff. And you know what they say about van life? It's a home on wheels. Every... Freedom. It yeah. is real freedom <laughs> yeah, yeah. to explore and see a different world, really. Yeah. So it's if anyone is going to do a van life, I would highly recommend it for sure. Um, Just make sure you have good car seats because oh, yeah. our car seats were not ready for a van life yeah. trip. Yeah, we have an old van. I'm not sure if you've seen the photos. It's I have, yeah. T25. Um, and, you know, it's like 1984, the registration plate. So. 
you, you went for photo appeal rather than practical <laughs> technical <laughs> appeal. Yes, so we oh God, we regretted that very very fast. <laughs> I think if we're going to get a new van, though, we would definitely take into consideration the ergonomic design of the van. <laughs> when I, I was in Australia and um, in, in um, Western Australia, and I got a use, I hired a use for the crack just because it looked great and then literally after a day drove it onto a beach and the engine went trying to get off the beach and the car was gone and then we then they sent us after another day they sent us this lovely big you know Mondeo type car great comfort and I was like why you know I mean the use was like your pickup truck totally uncomfortable (laughs) totally impractical but it looked great you know oh for sure I mean um, today, sometimes image it does mean quite a lot to certain people as well, which is there's nothing wrong with it at all. And I love our van's pieces like it is. It's it, beautiful and it's rusty. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's special in itself. Um, and was it safe when you were traveling? Did you feel safe parking up? You know? Yes, we, we used an app called Park for Night. Basically, you put this app on and you can filter through campsites, free camps. Uh, park ups places in nature you know showers toilets and stuff so when we were driving through and we were looking for a place to stay if we were moving quite frequent we just jump on the app on there you'd have photos of the spot there'd be reviews from people who stayed there recently and that's how we got by we never stayed anywhere that was like less than three stars reviewed on there um you know we stuck to places if we were free camping in nature so we weren't near built up areas but it is Europe is geared up. And as you say, you know, like you were in Australia, you know, you can drive for days and you're in the same culture. And that is something that Europe has, isn't it? That the variety is amazing. Yeah, I think that we take that for granted as well, don't you think? Yeah, because we because we travel so much. It's like we expect to be somewhere new and different culture all the time. But then when we actually was truly present, when we were driving through everything, it made us way more conscious mm. of it and it was like oh actually there's so much culture here that we've missed yeah. because we've always just been going to like southeast asia or australia or england yeah. or whatever like it is the best thing to do if you ever want a massive culture blast yeah europe bang one summer done like it is it's beautiful and where in southeast asia then have you been to that you recommend that we were surprised i was really surprised about malaysia um okay. we didn't really do any research prior to going to malaysia um i was just i was like wow this is really cool why why are people going to the hot spots like bali and thailand when malaysia is such a rich country in itself yeah i'd say singapore was mine um i was not expecting such like an eco kind of living situation and it was beautiful as well like it is even though cities are nice like i walked around the city and i was just like at awe at the tall buildings even though i've seen millions Mm. of them in my life it was just like really care about how it looks and how it feels so i was really surprised at singapore when you're traveling have you been talking to people like is there somewhere that's going to be is there a destination do people talk like that like you know where's hot where it's going to be big in the next year or two that you have to go to it's so hard after the current climate because i feel yeah. like everywhere's a hot spot right now <laughs> exactly. everyone's like oh my god oh somewhere. My god. <laughs> this place is open let's go um, um true gosh i don't know i'd say between costa rica and sri lanka mm. would definitely be yeah. a hot spot soon um i mean i guess 
Costa Rica to Americans, it might all already be quite common. Yeah. But for like people, you know, in Europe and stuff, I, we meet travelers that haven't even thought about Costa Rica or we meet one person that's been and they've raved about it so much. But as Tyler said, Sri Lanka as well. We were in Sri Lanka at the beginning of 2020 um, for two months. We absolutely loved it. And people there were saying it was like Bali 10 years ago. Okay. And and there's already nice cafes there. There's already like a strong community of expats and digital nomads. So. Yeah, the rich culture as well. So you can like go up to Ella and you'll see like the mountains. And, trails, yeah, yeah, and then you can go down south and get the surf. And it's it's got pretty much everything that a lot of places don't realize it has. Mm. So I definitely think in the next few years that Sri is going to be yeah. a huge hotspot, especially for like surfers and yeah. yoga people. We, out there. We, we really enjoyed Sri Lanka. We were in Sri Lanka when it, um, when it kicked off and we were in this tiny bubble, ignoring all kind of news, politics. Well, not ignoring it. it, just, it wasn't really a thing over yeah. there. Like no one true. was really talking about it until until we spoke to our families and everyone was panicking and we were yeah. just like, oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. something's happening. Yeah, Tyler was on the phone to a mum, uh, I think, and a mum turned a corner in a supermarket and she was like, oh my God, there's nothing on the shelves. <laughs> And that, at that point, we was like, maybe this is a serious situation. Yeah, maybe we should go home now. <laughs> yeah. So that was, was it March? Uh, Mar- yeah, we came home mm. in March. Yeah, so we, we were home in March, and then for the three months in the UK, when it was locked down, we, we were at home at my parents. And then as soon as we could, we managed to get to Croatia. Yeah. So we found that with um, with the COVID situation, like a lot of countries are obviously restricting certain people from different countries. So we've just had to do our research every time we plan on going somewhere and to see if it is safe and it is open mm-hmm. and what precautions you have yeah. to take. But when you're, especially Europe as well, seeing it from a different perspective, like I think they're not as strict as the UK with everything going mm. on and it's kind of nice to see the, the world a little bit in its, well, it's normal yeah, state its normal life yeah. because you know some of these countries like we summer we did Croatia Greece and a little bit of Italy and some of the places we visited depend on the tourism like if they don't have the tourism they don't have the life they don't have their livelihood they can't feed their families yeah so yeah through summer we managed to get out we tried our best to uh, continue traveling as we would normally you so know? probably you probably saw those places a lot quieter than the, i saw you were micking us like you know they, yeah. they would normally be packed oh, was, yes. was it much quieter it was so much quieter i'd say like there was still a bunch of tourists there are lots of americans um but in terms of mm. like i remember no we got into dubrovnik the first like the first two days we was in dubrovnik in the old time we was walking through there was like no the, one. We were like the only two people. It was it was kind of sketchy, kind of weird. <laughs> security, kind of eerie. <laughs> security guards are like like literally looking for something to do, and we asked them, and was like, oh, like is it usually this this quiet? And they looked at us like we were crazy. They was like, we've not seen it this quiet in years, yeah. like in absolute years. Yeah. And it's the same with Santorini and Mykonos, like. At sunset, it was still quite busy, but I'm guessing not as busy as what it would have. So it was such a, a treat, actually, yeah. to see Europe in such yeah, a quiet Yeah, it's a blessing state. in disguise for us, but also bad for the locals in their destinations. Yeah. You know, so I travelled for two years with my wife, now, at girlfriend at the time. But one thing I would say that, you know, when we're travelling for so long that... You know, you kind of you're like mates. 
to, you know, rather than, so how do you find that? Um, <laughs> so we, we do love traveling together. And like you said, we do become more friends than like a relationship majority of the time because you're just hanging out and you're doing stuff together and we work together as well. So we've got to balance everything really. Um, but we do every year, we've actually agreed that we take a trip apart just to have something different to talk about. Because when you work with someone, you live with someone, your best friends with someone every day is the same kind of conversation. Mm, so yeah. for us, it's really nice to have that time apart with other friends and other families. Um, yeah. Cause like I went to India, you did a, a backpacking, oh, sorry, a bike trip around Mongolia. And then the year after, I think you went and stayed with your friends for a bit and I went and taught in Turkey yeah, for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, last year, you didn't go anywhere, but I went to Hawaii. <laughs> so that was that was a bit of a relationship rocker because he was definitely wanting to go. I was very jealous, just <laughs> to say. But he was, she went on a retreat, so I was like, fair enough. Yeah. But, um, people, people forget that couples are two individuals, two separate interests. Like What I, I used saying. to do with Emer is like every day you know and we and i still do it on, on our holidays but i told you about sunset is for me that i love the light and when yeah. we were traveling and i still do it i'd always go off at sunset and yeah. generally i come back every day going god that was the best sunset i've ever seen you know because we were she'd be resting or taking a break you know so it was like a running joke and it was always the highlight of each day that one time <laughs> i went away no, on my own <laughs> Oh, no, but it's it's nice. It's nice to go do different things and come back and share that as well. Exactly. And you want to know what your partner's done at the end of the day. You don't want to, you know, just finish each of the sentences for the rest of your life. You want to <laughs> guess. You want to learn. <laughs> you, you, you want to guess. You want to learn something new. You want to be excited. You know, you yeah. want to hear their story as well as share your own. So. You mentioned their cycling in Mongolia. What was that like? It was. It was a crazy experience. I just want to say yeah. I'm so glad I did not go. <laughs> Carry on. So we, I went with my friend uh, Josh Dwyer at the time. And previous to this, I had no cycle experience. I had never done more than a day's cycling uh, or like a couple of hours trip in the countryside. So I just went head in like straight away. And I'm so grateful I did it. And Mongolia is one of the least densely populated countries. So the, we'd go for like one or two days and not see people at all. And the route we took was completely across tracks. There was no roads, except when we were passing through a town. Um, and I've got so many stories from it, like crazy. We were talking about it the other day and I keep talking about it, new things popping in my mind and Tyler's like not heard that part of the story before. Wow. Uh, it's one of them trips where I, it's kind, of, it's kind of surreal because Mongolia is so big. The plains are so vast. The people, because they're relatively new to tourism, they're excited to see you. You know, they want photos with you. And just to be able to experience that, living out of a tent, we lived off um, rice, passata, fried onions um, for, for, for like three weeks, you know, because that's all we could find in the shop. And... He drank uh, horse milk as well, like raw. F fermented horse milk was oh the God. local's taste. Um, it's kind of like a, an al alcoholic uh, drink. And <laughs> I, rem I remember drinking it and this, this woman gave it to us and uh, I went to drink it and there was like this tiny little black hair in it. So I was like, 
took a sip and I was like, here you go, Josh, you finish it. And uh, I didn't tell, <laughs> didn't tell him about the hair and he just went, go, go, go. And I was like, oh my God, he's just, <laughs> whatever was in that, he, it's in his body now. Um, and yeah, we, we'd be camping in the middle of nowhere and we'd have someone out of nowhere come over on like a motorcycle on horseback and just sit and stare at us. They can't speak English, so all they're going to do is watch us. So we're like, you know, crouching over our little cooking stove and looking at them like sign language, smiling, laughing and stuff. And there was another time we were actually chased up a valley by six people, six men on horseback. And we're like to each other, what the hell's going on? Do we keep cycling? Do we go faster? Like what? So anyway, they caught up and like they surrounded us at the front and we nod at each other and we get, get off the bike and we, we just point at the bike and they're like, oh, yes, yes, yes. So they jump off and now we're showing them all our camping gear, our tent, our cooking stove, our GPS, maps. Um, they have a go on our bicycles and we have a go on their horses. Like, <laughs> it, it, was, it was crazy. Like, were you nervous? Like, were you nervous of getting robbed or? Um, I w- not really, to be honest. Okay. Like, the, the day we set off, we hired bikes from a hostel way out there in a place called Telestalig. And he uh, he warned us, like, a couple of years ago, there was a, an incident where a paraglider was out by himself in the wilderness and there was an altercation and, you know, he was he, he passed away. So through the whole trip, we knew the point of this, this place and we was like, okay, when we get to there, just because of the story he said, we felt a bit eerie when we got to that place and setting up camp and everything. But like I said, no one's around you for absolutely miles, like, it's by chance someone crosses your path and we just made sure you know we was off the main track behind a couple of bushes or trees and stuff when we set up camp so you know we weren't in direct sight or anything i wouldn't change it like i know it's crazy oh and one of the things as well when he was in mongolia and i was in india at the same time i had really bad reception and wi-fi i didn't have any wi-fi practically and he had no service so we didn't speak for like almost a month yeah. and I had no idea where he was if he was alive like mm. it was just every day I literally it was so crazy yeah, yeah. but um he sent me a picture when he got home and he looked like a homeless person and I was like <laughs> oh my god <laughs> yeah the beard was out here I got bags under my eyes from all the side he lost like 10 kilos guys it's been great talking to you a question that I always ask everybody at the end is if you close your eyes and take four deep breaths, allow yourself to think of your happy place from your travels, where would that be and why? Um, I'd say Australia was definitely mm. one of my home away from home because we have family there. But every time we go, we just have the most amazing yeah. time. And it just it does feel like home. And that's why I love yeah. it so much. I think, I don't know. The only experience that's sticking in my head right now, uh, we had a trip to Lapland last year in Finland and it was our first ever winter trip. And since then I've I've just become obsessed with like ski destinations and snow and, you know, like um, kind of like more adventure in terms of travel, I guess. So some kind of that kind of environment, you know. Ask us next year and it'll be a different location. We're in Australia, actually. (laughs) I'd say Perth. Perth on the yeah the west coast Mm. Uh, that was definitely home for us we actually lived in Perth for probably 
no 10 months in total so on and off it's like yeah. a place we stopped to like when we were doing intermittent travel to like reset work reset yeah. more money and then go again um but yeah yeah so and margaret places. river below perth is just gorgeous isn't it oh it's beautiful yes, it's so rich and you know we um we did a, a I just got so many good memories. I know. <laughs> we did a, a road trip from the um from Melbourne all the way through to Perth. So we passed through it when we did like the whole road trip with my brother. Yeah. And um yeah, Margaret River, we only sparsely saw it, like very little bit, yeah. but I think next time we go back, we're gonna do a really big road trip down yeah. the west coast and then go back to Margaret River and Esperance. Yeah. You have to give us some recommendations on the west coast next time. Yeah. <laughs> I actually worked, I'll tell you where it's lovely, is I worked for a few months in Broome. So that's way up past Perth. Yeah. And it's a gorgeous little town with a big Asian influence. Used to go pearl diving there. And it's really beautiful. Broome and then below that, the diving. Do you do, you do scuba diving? Because uh, We've done it before. But we've done it before, but we're not qualified. Okay. Not the, the Nangaloo or the Nangaroo Reef. There's a reef there, which is gorgeous, you know. And it's actually, I learned in up in um, the Great Barrier Reef. And then I did my advanced over there, but it's just beautiful and broom, gorgeous little town, really gorgeous. And the Kimberleys up, up further again. So I did the drive from Broome to Darwin. Nice. That's just so gorgeous. I'd really recommend that one. That definitely on list. Thanks for such a great chat and telling us about life as influencers and best of luck on your future travels. I would ask if you could please subscribe to Apple Podcast so a new episode will appear in your library every week. I would also really appreciate if you could leave a rating and a review as it helps others to discover this podcast. To find out who's on every Tuesday, please follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Travel Tales with Fergal. Stay safe and keep dreaming of future travels. Travel Tales with Fergal.